Appreciate you. And we're back yeah. on the Dirty Ugg Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. You, you are. Did you forget? I mean, now you got you had a little uh, time on there. Did, did you forget who you was? I no, didn't no. think so. <laughs> no. You were just taking – it was a dramatic pause yeah. is what it was. Yeah. Now, nah, Big Ugly, you, you and me, we've been doing this for 106 episodes. 106. Damn. 106. And yeah. that's a significant number because that's probably how hot it was in Las Vegas when I was there a couple of weeks ago. And that was in the morning. But um, <laughs> it, it, was, uh, it, it was hot. But anyway – Speaking of Las Vegas, Money in the Bank was there, and AEW pay-per-view was there, all kinds of pro wrestling. And they sold out Money in the Bank. I didn't think they were going to do it. They sold out. Yeah, well, I, you know, if they were in the big Allegiant Stadium, they wouldn't have come close. But in the MGM Grand Arena, 12,000, 14, whatever, they, okay. they did a good yeah. job there. Yeah. Um, but i tell you what, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Money in the Bank. We're going to talk about AEW Double or Nothing. We're going to talk about MJF. We're going to talk about Paige or Soraya or her real name, whatever she is called now. We're going to talk about – Wait, what's going on with Paige? Have I missed her? Paige. Well, we're well, going to talk about it. Well, we can talk about it. You know what? It's a tangent. Uh, we can talk about it right now. So yeah. Paige, her contract is officially up with the WWE at this point in time. Uh, and she's been kind of riding it out for the past couple of years with COVID. And yep. She's been injured, you know. Uh, pretty severe neck injury, but she's finally out of it. And she actually went online, thanked the WWE uh, for helping her and, you know, uh, medically and, you know, spiritually, emotionally through this. Um, she got paid for the last couple of years for, you know, kind of doing nothing. Yeah. Um, but now she's up. Now, I don't know how healthy she is, but we're going to see if she jumps over to another organization. But, you know, I guess the WWE is just not going to continue to pay her for but- doing nothing. Yeah, but is she clear to wrestle? See, I don't know. That's the thing. I, I see her on on the Google machine, the tearful goodbyes and, you know, bittersweet moments. But is she cleared to wrestle? She has not said. Mm. Um, but I, I would like to see Paige compete again. Would she compete at the level she used to? I don't know. But um, Paige was revolutionary in her time. And that time was, you know, right about uh, – I don't know, roughly nine, ten years ago at this point. Yeah, and I think that, that I think that that would be a barrier for her because the when she came in, as you said, she was revolutionary. She was at the start of that like women's revolution in wrestling. Truth, truth. But after, over this past decade, it's just continued to increase. And if mm. she can't perform at that high level, it's going to really show against some of these girls, especially in AEW. Oh my goodness. So as hard hitting as some of these contests and as physical as they are, sure. yeah, I don't know, but I mean, she's she's a great character. Um, she can talk. Uh, you know, she's uh, got a great presence. Sure. So as long as she can get away from any of the controversy that might have, you know, what whether it was contract or injury or sex tape leaking or whatever the case may be, um, Paige is he was definitely revolutionary for a time. And since we're going to bring it up in this podcast anyway, Paige should one day go into the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, that's – I don't think that's – yeah. You, you, you agree with that, Big Ugly? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We're Absolutely. on the same page about that. And D'Lo Brown, you know, I sent you that thing uh, on the Facebook Messenger a couple of weeks ago <laughs> with uh, him uh, saying, you know, what, something about, you know, voting for him to go into the Hall of Fame. He should absolutely be in there too. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Talk about revolutionary during the Attitude Era, which you like quite a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he just did so many things between his own thing, Nation of Domination, European champion, intercontinental champion, 
oh man, crazy. But yeah, money in the bank happened. Double or nothing happened. We talked about Paige. Um, Hell in a Cell happened not too long ago. SummerSlam coming up soon because MJF. MJF. On that. Um, so, so you've seen, I think that since the last time we had a podcast, um, MJF did. Yeah, the pipe bomb. He had his own little pipe bomb. Yeah, the pipe bomb. So yes. we talked about that on the last podcast, right? Did we? But, I don't know. I don't, uh, did we? You know, it, it's been, they all kind of run together. But yeah. for, for those of you who might not know, or if we didn't talk about it on the last podcast, MJF uh, was wrestling uh, or scheduled to wrestle a double or nothing pay-per-view against Wardlow. Um, and, um, there was a lot of controversy. Did he not catch a plane the night before? Was he going to show up contract negotiations, whatever he showed up, got the hell beat out of him by Wardlow in the first match of the night. And he was the first guy to come out on that pay-per-view. So it was crazy enough for him to even come out. And then I think it was the following Wednesday on yeah, dynamite. You know what? So I don't think we have talked about it because the last time we podcasted, I believe we did it live watching. AEW, yeah, right before we, that, we double or nothing. It. Yes, exactly. Oh, so then that that would be the first thing since our last podcast, the MJF pipe bomb, as you would call it, um, came out on television, had a hot mic, had a live mic, basically called himself by his own name, uh, just went absolutely apeshit on Tony Khan, and you know, talking about using me and, and the money, and he's the best, and all this other stuff, and then he said. Uh, you know, something about you effing Mark, uh, Tony Khan, right at the end, and the microphone cut off. So it was very pipe bomb-ish. Uh, cameras cut and everything. We haven't heard from MJF since. He's been taken off of the active roster on AEW, um, completely disregarding he ever existed at this point. Now, where do we land on this is what you say. Um, there's, two, there's two schools of thought here. One, it's extremely smart, and I love that everything is just a work. Everything is created by somebody, MJF mostly, and it's all part of a bigger story. That's my, you know me, Big Ugly. I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if it's real or real enough, then MJF is gone, fired legitimately, and could show up in WWE or somewhere else um, because his value is 10 times higher than what it was before. So. Of what you've seen of this, Big Ugly, what do you think? I think that the likelihood is it, it was real. The only reason I say that is because I feel like when Punk had his pipe bomb, mm-hmm. it, it, they didn't they didn't like remove his right. Re- you know, they didn't like remove him off the website. It was still obvious he was with the company. I guess is what I'm saying. Right. But the fact is, you're saying that AEW has seemingly scrubbed MJF. I mean, it could be them trying to repeat the pipe bomb, but, but knowing that the fans are smart, so it's like they got to get rid of everything. But I'm not one of those people that believe, like, everything is a work. So <laughs> I actually think that, um, yeah, this could be legit. It could be legit. Yeah. And I guess we're going to find out eventually because a guy like that, I mean, he's very young, but he's not going to stay off the radar for too long. Yeah, and, cause, and this is the other thing, right? Because let's say the pipe bomb that happened, what, what was that, three weeks ago? Roughly, yeah. I yeah, mean, so uh, yeah. If you're going to make it an angle, you you would want to pick it up by now, right? Like it's like you wouldn't want to. How long it, would you draw him out of not being on TV before right. starting the angle? Let it die off. Sure. Yeah. Now, now they just for, now AEW just went all the way into their Forbidden Door pay per view with uh, the Japanese folks and things like that. Great success, big show. Um, now they're kind of in transition after that. 
and heading up towards their, I guess their September pay-per-view coming up, August or September, I can't remember which one. But now would be the time, if, if they weren't going to let it simmer, to, to unleash it upon the world because uh, that'll draw up your TV ratings for the next couple months. It'll really <laughs> enjoy your pay-per-views. And um, uh, apparently we have a special guest uh, joining us here to uh, <laughs> the uh, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And this is... Um, the name is not Karen. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> uh, I didn't know if it was a play on words or or how that was working, but but um, uh, please, <laughs> as, as we're talking about MJF popping up and back up in the world, please welcome the king of non-social media hashtag not hashtag no hashtag not Karen, ladies. Oh, CM Funk, there it is. He changed his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I came in through the forbidden door there. So uh, <laughs> we were yeah, just what you did there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about that. I said forbidden door, big ugly, and not Karen showed up. Yeah, yeah well, you know, you never know who you're going to get on this podcast. So Boris uh. <laughs> Gump style, you never know what you're going to get. So um, we were just talking about, and this is the dirty ugly one. And by the way, CM Funk, welcome back. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me as always. Always a pleasure. And uh, we were kind of just catching up. Uh, a lot of things to talk about on this podcast, episode 106. What we were talking about was MJF. Uh, is it a work? Is it real? Uh, we watched the AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view the last time we were all together uh, during before the uh, last podcast we did. So what do you think uh, at this point? Because we haven't heard from him. He's off the website. It, what, what's going on, CM Funk? Uh, I, I kind of think it's a work, you know, and a shoot, you know, it's probably a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's some, some truth in him wanting more money, but at the same time, I, Tony Khan's not letting one of their biggest uh, future stars or current stars, you know, get a, get away at this point, you know? So. Yeah. And big ugly was just saying like, it, he's been off uh, TV. They haven't mentioned him for a while. Um, don't let it simmer too long because you don't want to lose the momentum you may have had from, you know, that whole storyline into Wardlow and the pipe bomb. So now that they just got done with the forbidden door, is it, is it, is it about time uh, to get that back rolling again? I, I think you got to hold off and all really honestly, like hold off as long as you can. That way people, you know, completely get out of sight, out of mind, you know, kind of a feeling and vibe with him, And, uh, and then, you know, bring him back at the next big pay-per-view, like whenever you're getting ready to, you know, do something huge, whether you're changing the title or whatever, and then boom, you like, you know, shuffle MJF out again, and he gets a huge pop, and you know, and well, that's it. Would he like, come out as a huge pop? Would it be a face that he has to turn immediately back heel again? Oh God, no! I mean, I mean, he might get he might get the big face pop, but he's never going to be a face. He's that's, he's a heel, so you know, <laughs> throw and throw. He's but, a bad man. Yeah. So we're kind of split down here, 30, 30, 30, 33, 30, 30, something like that. But anyway, that's okay. That, that's what we do on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We have difference of opinions, and we talk about it, and yeah. it's great. Speaking of a difference of opinions, later on in this podcast, um, I started to tell this story actually the last time we had the podcast because I had just witnessed this live and in person. Uh, the Dark Horses are breaking their silence, both of them. Uh, the new champion, Tomahawk, and the man who turned on his partner, Grizzlyo, both of them should be joining us on our next segment of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast today, tonight, and we are finally going to get the lowdown. Why Tomahawk? Why? And what is Grizzlyo going to do after this? So that's pretty exciting. I just want everybody to stay tuned for that because that's going to be uh, 
about a year or two worth of fantastic uh, local independent professional wrestling all up and down the East Coast. Um, so I just want to put that out there. Okay. So at SummerSlam, for the first time ever, we're going to see Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. <laughs> well, it, it might be the first time ever for a last man standing match with them. But um, so initially, what, what do we think about this? Brock Lesnar showed back up on SmackDown. He got in Roman Reigns' face. Obviously, they're going to face each other again for the probably 11th time at a WWE major pay-per-view in the past eight years. Um, CM Funk, welcome you back. We'll start with you. What do you think about this? Uh, I, I just saw a uh, big ugly shaking his head at the same time I started shaking <laughs> my head. a Zoom uh, meeting tonight because yeah. we could see that. Yeah. Uh, wow, man. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they'll tear the house down and it'll be fine and it'll be good and all that, but... Uh, Better than WrestleMania, perhaps. Uh, hopefully longer. Uh, yeah. and, you know, it's a last man standing match. I can't imagine it only takes seven minutes this time, you know, but but who, <laughs> but who knows? Needs to get that, uh, what do you call it, you know, uh, put that al- alcohol on the rag and, like, you know, put it over his face or something like that. Knock him out, whatever that is. Chloroform. <laughs> something like that. That'll do it. Big Ugly, what do you think about this main event for uh, SummerSlam? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not too enthused about it. You know what this is reminding me of? It's reminding me of, like, the whole Cena-Orton thing. And remember how people got tired of them? Yeah. That's the way I'm starting to feel about Brock and uh, Roman. Um, but, you know. Speaking of which, uh, John Cena did make his uh, 20-year anniversary return not too long. Uh, you know, you couldn't see him, but uh, he was there. Uh, he was on the whole show, actually, on Monday Night Raw. He was on backstage segments. He was on In the Ring, uh, everything. Uh, speaking of that, now, John Cena and Randy Orton could always put on a quality match, but it's just like how many times can you beat the same dead horse, I guess. Exactly. Uh, but, and Roman and Brock, you, you got a longtime veteran who's obviously been on the Brock Lesnar you know, contract for a long time. Now, now you got Roman Reigns, who's paid his dues, got up, and finally is on the Brock Lesnar contract. So you got both of them that could go in there. Now, I don't think they'll have asset, but I mean, how how much further could this really go? They actually did say on one of the programming WWE that this is the last chapter, the final time. How many times have we heard that? Um, but they have said that. So do, do we believe this? Uh, is it is it over? Do they finally go their separate ways? Eleventh time is the charm, you know. Uh, it could be. <laughs> now, who wins? Does Roman Reigns continue to be the undisputed Universal Heavyweight Champion of the world, or does Brock Lesnar take it and Roman Reigns or somebody else fight up from underneath? That's a hard one. The, the hard part. The hard <laughs> CM part Punk, is, ladies and gentlemen, go ahead. Be a big ugly. No, the uh, the hard part is if Roman if 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 Roman loses, where does he go from here? True. Um, back to another storyline with, uh, I guess, the, the, the bloodline or Sami Zayn even. I don't know. But uh, that, that is true. Where does he go? The only person that they're even building up as a potential, potential main event competitor is Lashley at this point. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Lesnar's not winning. I mean, Roman's holding this title and until the end of days, basically, and and I don't Baron mean Corbin. I I didn't mean Baron bum ass okay. Corbin, bum ass um, Corbin, right? But do you but, think uh, they're yeah. on him? Do you think they're trying to get the Rock and Roman going? Do you think that that's a- they, they've got to be right? I mean, there's no other big money payoff at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, and they've been like mentioning it here and there, 
time to time. So it's about time they, they did something with it. I don't know how long they can drag it out. The match obviously has to happen at WrestleMania, but how long can they drag it out? So if Brock, but if Brock doesn't win at SummerSlam, what happens? Brock gets into another feud. Does he go away for a while? That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brock takes another Brock. Uh, and, and, Brock yeah, and the question is, like, how do you bring Brock back? Like, if Roman is the champion, how do you bring Brock back? Because every time he comes back, he's in a title picture. So what do you do with him when he's not in a title picture? Hmm. I'm sure they could do and, a and he lot. Doesn't have, and he doesn't have Lesnar. I mean, uh, uh, Paul Heyman anymore. Right. I'm sure he could do a lot, especially with this uh, face uh, cowboy, you know, kind of thing. He could sell a lot of tickets to a lot of live events, but he'll never do that. But, um, you know, he could, he could push some younger talent. I mean, that would be nice for Brock to do. Um, but I, I just don't know. I would love to see more of Brock on television, but at this point, I don't think we can. Uh, CM Funk, what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know what you do with him down the road either. I mean, you can, I mean, you can just roll him out like they do with Goldberg and, you know, throw him into a title match because at some point, you know, Roman will not be the champion, you know, whoever, whoever that is down the road. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, they're kind of they kind of back themselves in a corner and all, but uh, I'm I'm sure WWE and their great long storm uh, long time uh, long uh, term storytelling will um, they already have it all completely planned out for the next five years. So correct, correct. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, WWE and long term and this kind of thing, uh, Mr. Vince McMahon, uh, since the last time we talked, um, has been back in some controversy, uh, and. You know, apparently being char- allegedly charged by the uh, first ever woman referee of WWE, which was back in the 80s, some point in time of sexual assault and all this other kind of stuff and how it was buried for so many years. And of course, the 30, 40 years later, now's the time to bring it up. Um, but oh, wait, I just thought I thought I thought he like had an affair with with he uh, did like a lawyer. Yeah, that, uh, that, that, that part of it, too. Yeah. And now th- is that more recent? That's the thing that started the whole thing, and then the um, the older sexual assault allegation came out. Oh, okay. But it, but it's really been all about the um, uh, it was initially about this current employee that went from supposedly making a hundred thousand dollars a year to the following year doubling the salary and then getting like million dollar payoffs to keep everything quiet. So all right, that that's the current um, current deal. So well, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But I I tell you, I mean, what, what do you think of Vince coming out on television and all uh, making these appearances and all with all these allegations? Well, something that I believe you said, um, CM Funk, to me, uh, whether it was offline or whatever the case may be, is because he can. Um, that's why he did it. But basically, he you know played his theme music, and right in the midst of all this controversy to play his theme music, he comes out with the – you know, Vince McMahon walk gets in the ring and says something totally meaningless, like "Welcome to Monday Night Raw" or "John Cena's coming back next week," and that's it, and just leaving. Yeah, um, and that's, that's the part I thought was dumb because I at least felt like if he was going to come out, he was going to play into the story and like use it as a part of his Mister McMahon character, but he just uh, he just yeah, I don't know. I mean, is that is that his way of just saying, you know, I can, I'm still here. I'm not going to stop working. You know, I'm not going to go away. Uh, this is my show. This is my company. And whatever you're going to do is not going to do anything to me. I don't know if that helps him or hinders him. But it did it did spike the ratings. Uh, just for SmackDown, though, Raw was a surprise when he came out. SmackDown was planned a couple of days ahead of time, mm-hmm. and it was advertised. But he didn't right. do anything. <laughs> so. 
he, he jumped the rating is pretty much what he did. Yeah, I mean, that's all it was. I think you're right. It was because he can, you know, and just to prove he's above everybody else still to this will, day. Will he get out of this or will this uh, hinder him? Will he have to take a step back? I mean, Stephanie is uh, jumped up and running the company right now. Triple H is running NXT again. Um, will this affect him or will he, you know, get past this no matter how much time and come back and just be Mr. McMahon again? The lawyer thing, I definitely think he he's going to get past. The sexual assault thing, if he if no one else comes forward on any other like essay kind of stuff, I think he'll just blow right past everything. But mm. if, if other women start to come, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's gonna get jammed up. If he gets Bill Cosby, basically. Right, exactly. <laughs> but but he can get away from this one because it was so long ago. You know, it's like who, who she can't prove anything, you know what I'm saying, really? Right. So, yeah. There's no I, DNA evidence anymore. Not, not, and not to make light of it, because the situation, the allegations and stuff, I mean, they're serious and stuff. But from the, uh, the pro wrestling side of things, do you think the Million Dollar Man's money plays every time, like, you know, something like this happens for him? <laughs> and, like, he just starts talking about how everybody's got a price and stuff, right. you know? <laughs> just just <laughs> It could. I mean, you know, that, that, was, a great, uh, that was a great character, a great storyline. It could happen. Um. But <laughs> I tell you, this, this Vince McMahon is the, the figurehead of the entire thing. And now an interesting transition from that. Um, he's been riding with Theory for the past several months. And now Theory just happens to get added to the Money in the Bank ladder match as the eighth competitor. And we all kind of know when they add an additional competitor <clears throat> to the Money in the Bank ladder match, that's who's going to win. Um, and Theory won. And now, so Theory is Mr. Money in the Bank, and he can cash in anytime he wants. Now, I don't know if that's a direct impact of the storyline that he had with Mr. McMahon, because Mr. McMahon was pushing him to the moon, or if this was planned before all of these allegations happened, or if this is just another thumb in the face and saying, hey, you know what, I'm Vince McMahon, I was pushing this guy, I can do whatever I want, and you can't come after me. So, in all that, what do you all think about Theory being Mr. Money in the Bank? Let's start with you, Big Ugly. Theory has not grown on me. I hate him. Oh, so wow. that's tight. <laughs> that is strong. Yeah. So wow. he's not I mean, going to the Hall of Fame yet. It's, yeah, I, I don't hate him, but I'm not feeling his character. I don't really understand the huge push that he's getting. Um, mm -hmm. So when he won Mr. Money in the Bank, it was just kind of lackluster for me. It's just like, all right. Like, what would he do? Like, go up against Roman yeah. Reigns and beat right. him? I mean, come on, seriously. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or would he be the first guy to cash in on a champion other than the Universal Champion, which would make him the dumbest person on the face of the world, you know, Earth? Yeah. Um, what do you think, CM Funk? Yeah, I, you know, I like theory. I like the concept of theory, I think. But as far as him as a character goes at this point, like, he's, he's, they can tout him as the next John Cena all they want, but he's nowhere even near the John Cena level. So um, he hasn't done anything that's stood out. Like, he hasn't cut a promo that's just been like, you know, it's, it hasn't been the ruthless aggression, you know, promo or, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, he's talented. He's got the look. You know, there's no question about that. But, um, yeah, and then as far as winning the money in the bank, I mean, whatever. I don't really care who won the money in the bank, to be honest with you. But when you when you basically telegraph who's winning by throwing him out there, you know, right before the match starts and everything, it was like it just took me completely out of the match. So, um, yeah. The match was decent, but, I mean, it's uh, – yeah, it's like, what's the point? I mean, you know, if you really have a clear-cut 
you know, idea of who's going to win at this point. And then, you know, all the other seven guys were busting their butts in there, you know, trying to put on a good show and they all did a pretty good job, but we were all kind of clouded by the fact that, Hey, you know what theory is going to win. And there it is. But, um, what do you think about that, uh, Big Ugly? Any other thoughts? I know Theory hasn't grown on you yet, but did you like the match? Uh, did you enjoy anything about the match? Yeah, yeah, the match was good. The ma- the Money and Bank match was was good. I actually enjoyed both of them, uh, the women's as well. Good. So, yeah, it was fine. It's just, yeah, I just wasn't a fan of Theory. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, the women's Money in the Bank match was a little bit of a train wreck. Um, it just, I, I'm not sure. I know they had a, um, a path of what they wanted to do and how to finish it, but it just seemed like, there was the, a lot of timing miscues and a lot of like, just like car crashes in the middle of that. Uh, I don't know who came out of that seriously hurt or anything like that, but it, it's, I mean, I think I even mentioned that to you, CM Funk, a little bit after the fact, and you kind of agreed with that. Um, did, did you, I mean, I see a uh, big ugly said he enjoyed the match, but did you see a little bit of that car crash there, CM Funk? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought it was a bit of a train wreck too, unfortunately. I mean, you can't help it. I mean, you know, accidents, things happen when you're in the ring. I mean, you're trying to do stuff on ladders that are not meant to be run up on and stuff like that. But, um, right. you know, I, I'll be honest, like, to me, like, if, if Becky Lynch had not been in that match, and I'm not saying this being a mark or anything, but had Becky Lynch not been in that match, she was the glue that held the match together for what it was. Yeah. And uh, the rest of it, it just, like, there just, I don't know, there wasn't any cohesiveness to it. Could just been the missed spots, whatever you know. I mean, again, stuff happens. You know, the women that were involved put their all into it. So mm-hmm. you know, I mean, not taking anything away from them by any means, but you know, just just a little lackluster. Yeah, I mean, it, it was money in the bank. It was what it was. But I, I'm guess it's good thing that they didn't have it in the stadium and they had it in the smaller arena, um, just because of something like that. I mean, it just seemed like a little bit of a car crash. But Liv Morgan won the Money in the Bank ladder match. And then uh, to everybody's surprise, I guess you would say, um, she ended up cashing in on Ronda Rousey and winning after Ronda Rousey faced Natalia, I believe it was, later on in the night for the SmackDown women's title. I don't know. That was talk about a lackluster match. No offense to either one of those women, but wow. that I mean, I understand why the match was not supposed to be uh, a five-star classic because you need the moment afterwards. Right. Um with Liv Morgan cashing in, which was good for her because she's been she's been fighting, you know, for a while, and it's good for her to, to do that. What do you think of uh, Liv Morgan cashing in and becoming the SmackDown champion there, uh, Big Ugly? Um, I have to admit I didn't care, but oh, okay, it was good. It was good. I mean, the cash in stuff, it was cool. But I I'm not a huge Liv Morgan fan, but you know, it's like all right, cool. Somebody different, yeah. You know, somebody new. Charlotte's on uh, honeymoon with Andrade, so uh, you know they're both kind of off TV right now. But uh, you know, that it just takes her out of the picture. Which I know CM Funk will be really happy when Charlotte comes back in to win her fifteenth title. Yeah, yeah, can't wait, can't um, wait. But you know, Liv Morgan, something different now. She gets a chance to you know hold the, hold the spotlight, see how long she can uh, hang on to it, see if she's good on the champion run, see what works for her. It's good for her. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm. I was actually more confused, like. Like I didn't pop either and all, but it was it wasn't because I'm not a fan of Liv Morgan. It was more because I didn't like that she cashed in same night. I feel like the women always cash in the same night, and there's never long term storytelling with the women's Money in the Bank. Car- I think Carmella was might have been the only one that did that. Yeah, yeah, I think she's the only one that's ever done it. Everybody else seems to cash in same night, or or in Oscar's case a couple years ago, you know, the next night, and you know, was handed the title, you know, sure, sure. Back and run out, but. 
I don't know. I just, it kind of took it away from me. Like I was hoping for like a nice long, you know, run with live with the bank, with the money in the uh, bank and um, just, I don't know, doing something teasing, you know, but. Well, it would have been nice. I mean, yeah, it did serve for a pop later on the same night, but it kind of defeats the purpose. I mean, it doesn't all the way defeat the purpose of money in the bank, but I mean, that is the idea, you know, give it to somebody that can hang on to it for a while and uh, enjoy your television uh, for quite a while um, and then just make better television. And that would be great. But, uh, you know, Liv Morgan did what she needed to do. She cashed in. She's a champion. Good for her. And um, Theory won the other match. And uh, do we have another guest joining us yeah. on this podcast? Can we, can we hear you? Hello? Hey! There he is. Jason Justin Tucker, a.k.a. Jay, right there on the screen. You see him. Jay, how you doing? I'm doing Good, man. Good. Hey, uh, we were just uh, talking here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back, by the way. Uh, we were talking about the money in the bank ladder matches. Uh, yes. We were talking about Theory winning the Mr. Money in the Bank after being added as the eighth participant. Do you have any thoughts about that, good, bad, or otherwise? Did, do you like Theory winning the Money in the Bank? No, I don't. <laughs> he said no, ladies and gentlemen. He's on the he's on the bandwagon. What is it? Is it just he's not he's not doing it for you so far, or it's just it was a you know you you were taken out of the match if he, when he was added in, you know he was going to win. Like what was going through your mind? That was going through my mind. I just knew that um, they're going to put him over for whatever reason they decided to do it. Man, I tell you, it's uh, nobody nobody likes this theory train so far. Hopefully, when we get on to podcasts one hundred seven, eight, nine, and ten, maybe we're saying something different about theory. But I don't know, man. Theory, you got to show us something. Um, Let me ask a question about Rousey. I'm sorry. Do I say? I was just I was just going to ask if they could give him his first name back. Because I mean, he's still a a town down, but that doesn't have any sense now because they took the a away from him. So right now he's just. Downtown, <laughs> town down or something. Like, I don't know. Uh, hold that thought, big ugly Ronda Rousey. We want to talk about that. Jay, Jason, Justin Tucker. What did you think about Liv Morgan winning Miss Money in the Bank and then cashing in the same night to win the SmackDown title? I think it was good for her, but I'm guessing Ronda Rousey's hurt or wants to leave for some reason. That's Let's my find out, big ugly. What were you going to say about Ronda? I was going to ask if they should turn her heel because I, I feel like her return has been a bit underwhelming it's like will that pick things up for her especially now with charlotte out she could be the top turn ronda heel turn yeah she could be the top female heel i could dig that i would see uh, that where there would be some value in that maybe she comes out to congratulate um you know live one more time and then just you know turns around and just buries her um that could be the thing um and uh, possibly, I don't know if did you think she's hurt right now, or you think that was just a way to get the title off of her so she can take a break. Um, what do you think about that? I, has that been confirmed? Like, is she taking a break? I didn't I'm, know she. Not sure. Yeah. Sam Funk, I, what do you think about that? I, I had read somewhere that um, she never felt like she needed to have the title when she came back, which I kind of agree with. You know, like I mean, she's a star power by herself. You know, she doesn't need to have a title on her, and once you put it on her. Who were you legitimately going to have her face with Charlotte not around, Bailey still out, supposedly injured, no Sasha Banks now. You know, like, you were down to building Becky and Ronda, which needs to happen again at some point, but they're on one different on brands. One-on-one. One-on-one, yep. Right. But they're on different brands, if that's right. still a thing. I don't know if that's a thing either, but. 
I don't know. I think uh, kind of Liv Morgan was on Raw and she cashed in for the SmackDown Women's Title, so I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think they, I think they've silently dissolved it. Yeah. Okay. Very so. good. No yeah. more draft. We don't need that. Yeah. Um, I mean, they anyway. bring it back. I just feel like right now there's a law because there's not as much as much talent, you know, because they've gotten rid of so many people over the years. But <laughs> yeah, crazy enough, crazy enough. And uh, as I say, well, just to let you guys know, the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Tuning Radio, uh, we are here. We're getting counted down on the first segment, but uh, I think we still got some time before our special guests, the Dark Horses, jump on. So, Big Ugly, if you don't mind, uh, the four of us can jump on the segment three. Uh, after this, um, but it'll be segment two for the universe. We'll see. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll keep talking if you guys uh, jump back on segment three when we get counted down here. Um, anyway, so Money in the Bank, talked about that, Vegas, all that good stuff. We're going to talk to AEW and Forbidden Door and our Japanese contingent with CM Funk in just a minute because he is Mr. Japan. Um, you, you were our Japanese contingent. You still could be. Um, <laughs> But let's talk about John Cena because now we can see Jason Justin Tucker. We can't see John Cena. We never can see John Cena. But he did come back, 20-year anniversary. He was on the whole show. It didn't really make it known. He kind of said he's got a lot of matches left in him, but he didn't say who. He didn't say when. Uh, let's start with Jason Justin Tucker. Did you like John Cena's return and how he was on the entire show? And who do you think his next opponent's going to be? I can't guess who his next opponent's going to be, but I did enjoy seeing him again in the wrestling ring. Did you like the shirt? Yeah, the shirt was cool. It was black, uh, class, yeah. yeah, black it's t-shirt with old some school. old school video game style on there. Mm-hmm. Pretty good, pretty good. Um, Big Ugly, what do you think about John Cena? And do you do you have an idea of who his next opponent may be? I don't know who his next opponent would be, but I could definitely see them trying to get Cena versus Reigns. Mm. That would be nice to have, uh, at, uh, maybe not SummerSlam, but you know, coming up after SummerSlam, yeah, give something like year, yeah. else for Roman to do right. for a little while. CM Funk? Um, you know, I was glad to see that he didn't wipe out on the uh, show. And, <laughs> and he, he, he made peace with where he's, uh, what he's doing you know, as an actor. And his, uh, his appearance was kind of fast and furious and everything. Ah, um, oh, the wordplay. Now that I've gotten all the horrible jokes out. Um, <laughs> now, I, you know, I know that they've teased. I mean, you, uh, do you have 12 rounds of jokes in you? But, I mean, you, yeah. you go, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, go way back. Um, yeah, so um, I, I know they've been teasing the whole theory, you know, thing, him and Cena. They've had some words on uh, that that media of the social people and stuff. And, mm. uh, and also, I mean, that, that could be an interesting thing. Maybe that's a way to get theory, um, you know some traction mm-hmm. um you know but other than that like i thought the cena appearance was a little underwhelming actually you know mm-hmm. i didn't it didn't do anything for me and not just because i'm not a cena fan but it i don't you know feel like it was his promo or do you did you want him to like get physical with someone i, I don't know i just it just felt underwhelming like i and the promo was weird because it was like at the beginning of the third hour like it wasn't even in like beginning right. of the show or end of the show or anything it was like kind of just random in the middle mm-hmm. um the backstage stuff you know some of it was cool i mean you know i mean him and the street profits they that's like easy money there yeah. and, and uh seth rollins uh laughing um the john cena song was uh was pretty good but you know otherwise it was just kind of like okay he was there but i don't know nothing nothing really came out of it so. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing. Uh, I don't know how many times we've seen Cena and Rollins, but not not in this stage of their careers at this point in time. But I, I wouldn't mind watching that match. That would actually be pretty good. 
Cena and Rollins, I could dig it. And that would be a nice build up too. Um, but I think, uh, you know, Cena, Cena's got some time. He could come in. He could, he could do some uh, house show tour. He could do a couple pay-per-views. I mean, that'd be all right. Um, who his next opponent would be? Will it be Rollins? Will it be Theory? Uh, who knows? Uh, but, and who knows when it's going to be because it, it's not slated for SummerSlam yet. That's what I thought they were going to bring him in and give him an opponent for SummerSlam so they could try to build up that Nissan Stadium. Um, but not yet. Yes, then. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, we've got about three minute warning to see that wordplay right there too about that. Um, for the, for the first segment. So don't go anywhere, you know, dirty, ugly wrestle. We're going to be right back, but let's uh, throw in some tangents right now. Uh, before everybody jumped on the pay-per-view, we got two potential hall of fame candidates coming up. I just need a yes or a no from CM Funk and, or Jason, Justin Tucker page. Eventually WWE hall of fame, CM Funk. No. 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 Really? Before we get your answer, Jason, Justin Tucker, yes or no? I think she should be. Okay. I agree. (laughs) So so CM Funk, be the voice of this. Go ahead. I I feel like I'm in the minority here. Uh, (laughs) I I, I don't know. Maybe it's because her career was cut short because of the injuries, but I, I don't feel like she ever completely fulfilled everything on the main roster. Now, her NXT run was was great brilliant but, but on the main roster i don't know that she ever really connected quite the same person fair enough and, and it could be it could be you're right we'll see what she what she does you know later on in her career you know but uh, wwe career could have been longer but obviously wasn't um and how about d-lo brown cm funk yeah <laughs> d-lo definitely should be in the hall of fame and no he should have that. a bobblehead of himself that's uh, right Great, greatest european champion of all time there you go jason justin tucker what do you think about d-lo brown he should definitely be in. there you go see now we're all in agreement i like that <laughs> all right so uh, we're going to take a short break but we'll be right back with more of episode 106 of the dirty ugly wrestling podcast and later the dark horses explode We are back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike, and the Big Ugly has uh, taken a back seat for this one because I have some personal investment with this next segment, with this upcoming. I, I have finally been able to do it. I have finally been able to get these two individuals separated apart, but on the same segment here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We talked about it on the last episode. We talked about it on this episode a little bit. The Dark Horses exploded, and this is crazy because the Dark Horses have been on our podcast so many times together, uh, one of the best solid tag teams I've ever seen, and now my own personal investment in this is because I was refereeing a match for the EWA Heavyweight Championship, um, and Tomahawk, I counted one, two, three, and I, I raised his hand and gave him the title. I wasn't quite sure what was happening because I kind of got knocked out. And then all of a sudden, Grizzly O comes down to congratulate him. And then what happens? There's a trophy destroyed. There's a chair destroyed. There's a friendship destroyed. There's a partnership destroyed. Okay, so I got to get into this. Right now on the line, I do have the former... Uh, partner of the current EWA heavyweight champion, and that is Grizzly O. Grizzly, are you there? 
Yeah, what's up, Mikey? All right, good, good to hear from you, good to hear from you, and I'm going to talk to you in just a second, but I want you to know, on the same line, I do have the new EWA heavyweight champion and the man who turned on you, and I still don't understand why, but we're going to try to find out. Tomahawk, are you there? I am indeed. Okay, so... I'm sure you have a lot to say. We'll get to you in a minute because, you know, you've said a lot and we've been following you on social media and things like that. You've, you've done a lot. You've said a lot. Uh, okay, so Grizzly, Grizzly-O, what, what are you feeling? How, how are you feeling after that horrendous attack? And, and what, were, what was going through your head then and what's going through your head now? Um, what was going through my head then? Other than the chair and the trophy, I'm sorry. I, I, what, 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 what was going on? What was going on? I wasn't surprised. I was just disappointed. You feel me? Oh like, man, that's worse. It's that old cliche, right? That's really what it was. Um, I was really disappointed. Um, you know, I knew going into this that. At some point in time, it would mean Tomahawk versus Grizzly O. And I don't, I was just disappointed in the fact that it couldn't be done, you know, friend versus friend, brother versus brother, with that respect being intact, you know. And um, that's the part that's really, uh, you know, I dwelt on a lot at the beginning. And then as time went on, <clears throat> I, I started to see the silver lining in it all. Because now I can truly do what I do and what I want to do. You know, and at, at this time, Tomahawk has allowed me to kill two birds with one stone. He has now allowed me to go ahead and without any uh, reluctancy at all, chase the EWA Heavyweight Championship. When it comes to just, you know, knowing we're a team and hoping that, you know, everything's copacetic between us as it goes down. <laughs> so now I can go ahead and chase the EWA Heavyweight Championship with zero reluctancy. And I can go ahead and teach little bro a lesson, you know, while it all happens. Damn, that's strong. I, 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 I'm reading a couple of things in there, you know, disappointment, but also kind of a motivation. Um, I, I don't know if you would have done this, you know, first, if he didn't take the first shot. I don't know. I mean, you guys have always been volatile, but I always thought there was a bond there. And, and, and there still may be, but that bond is, uh, that bond has definitely been severed now. Tomahawk, um, you're hearing this, you're hearing this disappointment out of your, your, your friend, your brother, your former partner. I mean, how does, how does that make you all feel? And, and what was going, what was going through your head when you pulled this Damn. No, go ahead. When we walked in the doors at UWA, we had one track mind. We wanted to come in there, dominate, carry that tag team division, become champions, become the greatest tag team the UWA has ever seen. Accomplish that. You've been first-handed in that, Mikey. Yes, sir. You've seen everything that we've done in that company. You've seen everything we've done in any company we've stepped ourselves into. We become champions. We become the bearer of greatness in all of these in all of these places. As of late, the opportunities that have bestowed upon us as signal competitors have shown a true light 
on what that greatness can morph into. Myself, becoming the EW Maryland champion, being the longest reigning EW Maryland champion of all time. With ATCW involved and EWA involved, we've seen our like of great singles matches. Grizzly O, overcoming gravity itself at EWA. I mean, that says something right there. I couldn't be more proud of what we've done. I couldn't be more proud of my brother Grizzly O. There's no ill will towards him at all. This is not about, oh, taking the spotlight. This is not keeping the number one spot. It has nothing to do with any of that. And it never will. When I held that EWA heavyweight championship in my hand, after having to put him down during that tournament, something clicked in me. And it was a feeling that I had when we lost the tag team tournament at TCW. It's a feeling I had when I saw him lose and lose the heavyweight championship at ATCW, at EWA, with these opportunities that he let slip through his fingers. That same feeling, but for some reason, that night, when I had that championship in my hand, something clicked different. And it wasn't happiness of me becoming and accomplishing this great feat. No, no, not at all. Not me. It's not about me. It's about the dark horses, and it always will be about the dark horses. When I saw Grizzly come out there and give me a hug, he said, I love you and I'm proud of you. And I said, thank you. I love you as well. And I will say this to my grave. The actions that I did afterwards, that night, and and later the, a couple weeks later at ATCW, when he won the heavyweight championship at ATCW, that shows my love more than anything else. I'm here to help him. I'm here to propel him to another level. He says that this is a motivation for him. Good. That's phase one. It's all I want. I'm proud of that. I love how you heard what you wanted to hear. I didn't say it's because of you. I said it was already there. You knew that. Grizzly, I love you. I love you too, brother. No whatever you want. Much, I love you. You can say and use the excuse all you want. But I'm going to bring out that fire out of you that more than anyone else has. But there's going to be different ways you need to accomplish it. There's things you need to overstep. And it'll happen. Because I'm going to show you the way. I'm going to be your shepherd through this experience. I promise you. You will thank me in the end. You will. So this wasn't... This what I mean. It's personal, but it's not personal. You, you, you're, you're saying you, you did this as a, a teaching tool, a, a way to motivate him on an individual level. I, I, but did you have to take such drastic measures to do it? And then again, like you mentioned, a couple weeks later, Grizzly O accomplished the same thing on an individual level in a different company, and you know, winning the ATCW Heavyweight Championship. I mean, you both now have re- achieved that individual level. Does does this continue, or have you have you made peace with this? I hear I hear love going back and forth, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, listen, Mike. What? If, if, I, if I may, if I may, Grizzly, over the quick, if I may, put two seconds here. No. So we're brothers, and as brothers, I'm sure this. Uh, this ain't the first time you'll hear or see a brother's fighting. This is this goes back as far as the Bible. Cain and Abel, you feel me? Here's Grizzly and Tomahawk. You know what I mean? And I don't think either one is looking to kill anybody, but we will test the limits of our body until this issue gets solved. We want to test our minds, our bodies, our spirits. Tomahawk can blow whatever smoke he wants up his own ass to make him feel better about what he did. But at the end of the day, everything's going to get solved in that ring. There's two championships that I need to win. 
I'm gonna show a little bro how it's really done. Not by hitting somebody in the nuts or hitting somebody from the behind with a clipboard. Tomahawk? The fire that you need. I will help you achieve that. Yeah, you can make your dogs go and smoke. I mean, I've raised to a higher cost. You're not the only one that I'm eyeing for this. I'm here to change people's perspective on everything now. Grizzly, you are my first project. You are my first love, because you're my brother. You will be my you will be my first sheep I, I bring to the promised land, my man. I'm doing that because I love you. There's plenty of other people's flaws I have to show them as well. And as heavyweight champion in both these companies, I will show them too. I need you to understand, though. I'm doing this for you. You won your heavyweight championship. How did you feel when you had that championship in your hand? I bet it was a really great feeling. After all this hard work, all these years you put in, even bringing me into this business, all that paid off because you were heavyweight championship. That was yours. I needed you to feel it being taken from you. I needed you to feel that gut-wrenching feeling in the bottom of your stomach. I needed you to feel that. Now, I know you have. There's pictures of you after ATCW sitting in that ring, all beaten up and battered, bloodied up. Just staring off into nothing. That feeling right there is what I needed you to feel. There's going to be many more of those feelings that you're going to have to feel before you take me out. But that's okay. I will get you there. I will get you there. First and foremost, I need y'all to hear that he understands that inevitable is going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to take him out. These championships will be mine. Again, whatever you have to say to sleep better at night or, or just, you know, not feel like a complete piece of shit, you know, go ahead and, you know, do that. That shit, it sounds sweet. It sounds cool. You know what I mean? But again, if we're talking about sheep and following and leading, like you already alluded to, I led you here. I created my land within this world of professional wrestling. And I hit you up. I said, hey, would you like to follow? And you said, hell yeah. You know, we did the damn thing. So I ain't mad at you for thinking that it's your time to take charge and lead. But I'm going to still go ahead and show you why I've always led. And why I will continue to. That's fine. Whatever lessons you feel you need to, bro, bro. We're going to do it in the ring. I'm going to show you how it's really done. That's fine. It's fine. And every, every facet of, this, uh, of what is professional wrestling. All right? Because you already know what we do. I know nobody better than us knows what we do. And it isn't just the ring. It's going to be the mind games. It's going to be every word that gets spoken. Everything will matter when it comes to what the fuck is going on with me and you. And I'm sorry, Mikey, that, that you know, I keep escalating and elevating my curse words. I apologize. I, 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 you know, keep going. <laughs> but with all of that said, don't think you're the only one teaching lessons. Remember, I've been leading since day one. Mm-hmm. Leading. Leading. Heavier than leading. You say, I followed you here like a sheep. Hmm. I have a different recollection of how I got in this business. You said you didn't want anyone else in this world to take it on other than me. Now, we talked about this extensively. We've been up and down the roads. 
title reign after title reign, opponent after opponent, three count after three count. We've done all of that together. Now, as far as leading the charge, we wanted to do our own way, go our own paths, but still together. I haven't seen much of that. I'm loving the words you're saying, the conviction behind them is always great, as always. The actions, though, have they been consistent about what you're speaking? I'm not sure. It's who to say. I'm not going to sit here and compare accomplishments of what we've done and what we haven't, why things didn't go our way, why things did. I'm not here to take credit for that. I'm not. All I know is that there's a path that you need to get to, and you think that leads with the heavyweight championships. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you're going to understand exactly what it is to be what you're supposed to be. I'm going to bring you to that level, but I'm not going to lay down for you. I'm going to bring you to that level, but I'm not going to let you roll through it. I'm here to lead you. I'm here to lead you to a different mindset, not championship gold. I'm here to lead you to a different way of thinking. And I will bring you there systematically the way it needs to be done. Because honestly, big bro, since we've been doing our singles things, I haven't seen that from you. Okay. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got, I got to interrupt here. Now, see, this, this is what I'm, this is what I'm trying to understand. I, I hear, I hear words coming back and forth. I hear, you know, sheep and shepherd. I hear leading and and following. I hear championships. But here's what I saw. Here's what I've seen from the outside. And this is what all the fans of EWA Pro Wrestling and ATCW and anywhere else that you guys end up going. This is what they see: a tag team. So solidified, so dominant, like you guys were saying a little bit earlier. And then, since you dominated the tag team world, you're going to go off and you're going to dominate the individual world. And I would, you know, you guys have each other's backs and you guys let each other do their own thing and elevate themselves. But here's the thing. ATCW has more shows coming up, I'm sure. EWA has September. It has also the cage in January, which is... This is where I see this going. Where where does the final... You know, you said it's not about shaking championships. It's not... It's what is the end game here? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, Tomahawk. What is the end game? Is it is it total destruction of your brother? Is it you know finally defeating him without having the back turned? What is the what is the end game here? I've had that question asked a lot. I'm not ready to dispose those answers yet. I know my way. I know my path that I have to bring him to, but I have to systematically break him down. Now he won't admit that this is the case because he is a very prideful person. He's a very strong person, but for all that strength and all that might, it's not going to work against me. For all the mind games he says he does, I'm impervious to it. I'm here to just teach. That's all I'm here to teach. I'm here to lead. I'm here to guide. The lessons that I'll bestow upon him when he reaches his final destination, after I rise him up out of the ashes over the former Grizzlyo, it'll all make sense to everyone. And Grizzlyo, what is the end game for you? The end game for me is to go ahead and essentially, like, you know, I didn't, I didn't start off having a game plan in this whole scenario to begin with, right? It was just, hey, we're going to go ahead, duke it out, I'm going to earn my shot at Tomahawk, let's get it, right? Tomahawk already had stuff planned, apparently. He already, he's been, he's been planning from the moment he did this. I was just attempting to figure stuff out. So, my end game is to take what all apparently his hard work, right, is is these two championships, right? It, all, all this effort is manifested into him holding these two championships. So I'm going to go ahead and take that tangible 
uh, item that represents all of his hard work and everything he did to me, to us. And I'm going to hold it above his head. And I'm going to see what he has to say after that. Maybe, maybe, maybe once the dust settles and the bell rings, maybe no words need to be said. Maybe we'll have an understanding. But even then, maybe we're never the same. Maybe that's the last time the dark horses look at each other in the eyes as the dark horses at all. And that was my that was my final question as we as we wrap up this this conversation, if you can call it that. It, after the end game is over for one or for both of you, is there reconciliation for the dark horses, whether it be as a tag team or whether it be as as brothers, as as partners, as as individuals? Is is there a is there a reconciliation? They'll always be my brother, no matter what. That's not something that I call someone and just take away because of any type of argument or uh, disagreement. Because um, if if I if I'm given a blood brother and I don't like him and I don't even want him to really be a part of my life, I can't take away the fact that he's my brother. So if I give you that title, I'm gonna give you that same respect. That's just me. So Tomahawk will always be my brother. I don't know if there could ever be reconciliation. We'll see how things play out. But again, like I alluded to in my last statement, there there can be peace. I know that for sure. But that that might just have to mean that we walked away from each other forever. But there will be an understanding when this is all said and done. All those values that you hold still to you to this day right now in your words. You gotta break them all down for you to understand what you really need to be. Sounds all nice on paper. Sounds nice on like these podcasts. Sounds great. I'm not even sure it feels great to you right now in this moment saying them. Every single pre-notion you've had in this business needs to be destroyed for you to be where you need to be. You can keep running your mouth. I'm here for you. It doesn't matter. All this like that. You can keep running on out about what you're saying, bro. I'm letting you know. Reading off paper, like, what is this? Fine. You don't need to get it now. I don't expect you to understand it now. Here's Leo. You're a savage. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Yo, Leo. You're not supposed to understand. More than that, bro. More than that. Obviously, there's a lot of unresolved issues with the dark horses. Okay. Okay. Dark horses exploding. Follow them on social media. See where they're going. Oh my goodness! And and you've got to follow them, and you've got to follow ATCW. You've got to follow EWA Pro Wrestling. You got to see where this is going. I've got to get out of here before this gets any worse. Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And we're. Back on the (laughs) damn it, (laughs) how do I not know that's coming by now? On the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, once again, my name is Dirty Mike, and I'm the big ugly, and we are joined on this 106 Zoom session by the one and only uh, hashtag no hashtag king of non social media, CM Funk. Welcome back. Oh, it was was a nice little break we had there, gentlemen, and I appreciate it. Got to, you know, get get some hydration, use the restroom, all that kind of stuff, and uh, now we're back. Yeah, the the lines at the the lines at the Garden Estate were uh, weren't that long, so I was able to to get through pretty quick. Fantastic, I love it. And uh, joining us once again in just a minute uh, will be Jason Justin Tucker. Uh, as always, good to see him. 
So uh, once again, um, depending on where you are listening to this in the podcast, I think we should just make it the main event of the podcast, the Dark Horses, segment three, explode. Me and Big Ugly going to talk into that. Uh, CM Funk, you're more than welcome to stick around to see this explosion because we haven't seen an explosion like this since, uh, what do you say, WrestleMania five when the Mega Powers exploded. Ah, uh, uh, that is a big explosion then. 1989. How about that? Um, and Jason, Justin Tucker, welcome back to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Good to be back. All right. So now let's uh, let's talk about a little AEW. So they had their double or nothing. We talked a little bit about MJF a little bit earlier. Um, now we're going to talk about Forbidden Door. Um, it's kind of a play on words. They uh, are linked up with New Japan Pro Wrestling at this point in time and have been as well. So there's a lot of... Uh, matches between Japanese, American, combinations of both. Um, pretty good show, CM Funk, wouldn't you say? Uh, very good show, especially since they basically had to hold it together by duct tape after half the stars got uh, injured in the weeks leading up to it. Mm. Yeah, they, they definitely had to put something together on the back end, but uh, they had a lot of people in there that got a chance to shine. It was good stuff. And He's currently uh, injured for AEW. Currently injured for AEW. Let's see, CM Punk. Right. Oh, yeah. C- CM Punk. Yes, Top of the list. stole my name. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he. I mean, he's the big one. Um, that's, yeah. yeah that's okay. Um, there were there were other, a lot of mid card um, yeah. guys that uh, were scheduled to wrestle and then got kind of pulled last minute and all. Um, uh, and a lot of the Japan, actually, a lot of the Japanese wrestlers. Um, there were like three or four Japanese uh, wrestlers, New Japan guys that got um pulled mm-hmm. like last minute and all for different reasons. So. Uh, just a bad time of the year, I guess, you know, In- injury bugs running crazy. Yeah. Things, uh, yeah, things happen, but they're, they're still doing Dynamite. They're still doing Rampage. And when is the next pay-per-view for them? Is it the, uh, well, the, the Arthur Ashe Stadium, they're going to do Grand Slam again, but that's not a pay-per-view. That's, uh, that's TBS Dynamite. Right. Yeah, I think it's all in in September, like Labor Day weekend. All in on Labor Day weekend. I believe, or is that all out? I don't know. All in? Is. Probably all out. I don't know. It's all something. Yeah. All elite is what it is. Um, so in between now and then, uh, we do have John Moxley, who is the interim AEW champion. Um, and we do have uh, CM Punk, who does get a rematch or a match against him to declare the undisputed uh, AEW champion. Will that happen at all in all out September or is that too soon for CM Punk? CM Punk. Yeah, I think it's too soon. I mean, it's a, uh, I guess, foot surgery, fractured foot of, or something, fractured bone in the foot. So, foot. Um, you know, that's going to that's gonna take a while. I mean, I remember, I mean, remember when Bret Hart had his, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, he was out like, I mean, it was like six or seven months of him rolling around in a wheelchair. So, mm. They made some good stories out of that, though, with that, the, uh, the Heart Foundation or the new or updated Heart Foundation. That was some good stuff. Um, and... Uh, Jason, Justin Tucker, have you been watching any of the AEW stuff here and there? I have not. Not since the um, pay-per-view. That's okay. Uh, well, no, we got another I was, I was Shane. Gonna, What's that? Shane. I was going to ask that uh, one of the things that I was reading, you know, when you talk about, like, the injuries and stuff, is that uh, AEW have a lot of, I guess, like, brutal matches. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that AEW is taking it too far? Like, you know, Played it too unsafe. Hmm. You know, I'll, I'll be honest. I I think the bigger issue is we're now like a full year into these guys wrestling or guys and gals um, wrestling on a regular basis again after basically a two year lull where they were able to rest and recoup their bodies and stuff. 
So I think like that probably plays a bigger factor right now is that they're just going full speed again. Because mm-hmm. um, if you remember prior to the pandemic, you know, how many times were the WWE people, you know, superstars, like they were getting hurt because they're wrestling 300 days a year and mm-hmm. you know, that kind of deal. So, right, right. Um, but I mean, the matches themselves don't help the situation either. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they're on a lot less of, I guess, a lot less of a schedule. I think they work Wednesdays. Some of them work Fridays. Sometimes it's two different events. Sometimes it's one event back-to-back on Wednesday. Uh, I don't know how many live events they're actually doing, like on the weekends or things like that. But a lot of them are also going out to work independence um, because they can do that with AEW and uh, get their money you know, from independence and meet with other fans and things like that. Speaking of uh, Big Ugly, you mentioned something. They just had a match that was pretty brutal on live television. Not a pay-per-view. It's called Blood and Guts. It's an homage to the old uh, war games that the WWE, no, so WCW used to do. Not WWE. It's not the same war games. Um, but uh, got two rings, all of them surrounded by a steel cage, roof on the top. Uh, I think it was five on five or six on six or whatever it was. It was an entire hour uh, of a match, and there was blood. There was blood. There was guts. There was glass. There was thumbtacks. There were tables. There were chairs. Uh, there was fighting on top of the cell, on top of the cage. Sorry. Um, uh, did anybody see this match? CM Funk, I think you saw it. I saw it, yes. Big Ugly, did you see any of this? No. You, you got to go back and watch, if you can. Um, Blood and Guts. You, you got to check this out and make sure you leave an hour. Or at least put it on in the background. Check it out because it's a, it's, it's a long match. Um, and uh, I, don't, I don't think Jason Justin Tucker saw it. But, I mean, what do you think about this? Like, th- these guys literally got in there and beat the hell out of each other. This is all of the ma- – a lot of your main stars, including your world champion, John Moxley at this point in time, going in there and beating the ever-loving crab out of each other. Is that too far for you, Big Ugly, or do you think they should take some of uh, – more of a backseat role with some of these main eventers and just put them through stuff like that maybe on a pay-per-view or stretch it out a little bit, give them some longevity? What do you think? Yeah, I think that the smart thing would to at least be for a pay-per-view – um, cause I mean, I mean, these kind of matches, I mean, they, they will happen. So, but, um, yeah, I would say at least a pay-per-view. I would think that they should have had that. I mean, uh, that, that's a pay-per-view quality match. Would you say Absolutely. CM Funk? Oh yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's a gimmick match, so it should be on a pay-per-view. I mean, that's, that's, that's the normal way, but I mean, AEW seems to do things similar to the way WCW did for, mm. for good or bad. And all, you know, where they, they sell, like, shows as mini pay-per-views, in a sense, or mini mm-hmm. pre- premium live events, whatever whatever you want to call them. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, having, like, even NXT is doing that now. You know, Great American Bash was this past Tuesday on NXT, you know, and that Great American right. Bash is a standard pay-per-view, you know. So, um, so I don't have a problem with those matches being on live TV. It's a good way to sell the product to those that don't get a chance to maybe tune into the pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And uh, I don't know about you, Jason, Justin Tucker, and, and, you know, we, uh, you know, we're kind of used to the war games matches of WWE and they're kind of, they're good, you know, they're very well scripted out. Um, but uh, do you like the more intense kind of gimmick matches where there's a lot of blood and weapons or do you prefer, uh, you know, the kind of champions doing a one-on-one, like a professional wrestling match, you know, a little bit of violence in there, but a lot more storytelling. What do, what do, what do you prefer? I prefer the one-on-ones and uh, Fatal 4-Ways. You like Fatal 4-Ways? Because at least you get the variety of different people in it. Mm-hmm. You still get the violence, but it's not it's not super violent like the cage match you just described. Hmm. Okay, so kind of in between. 
Yeah, I see that. Fatal four ways are actually pretty good because you can pair off. Um, you can take breaks. You can protect the other people, and it's it's still pretty entertaining. Now, when you get into like five and six way, that that's just too much. I think I think four is enough. Um, sometimes three is even hard, but four is a nice balance. I like that, Jason, Justin, Tucker. That's good stuff. Um, I want to throw out a name to you guys. Uh, I know we're still talking uh, AEW, but I want to just jump because I have a note here just to say the name Logan Paul. Um, <laughs> Um, I don't know. You, you said the name. Good. I did. Do, 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 shall we move on? I mean, I don't know. Um, let, let me tell you, it's something about uh, this guy. You know, he was at WrestleMania. Um, he did his thing. Now he's actually signed a contract with WWE. Uh, let's start with you, CM Punk. What do you think about this? What do you think he's going to do with it? What kind of contract do you think he's going to have? Or is it just going to be another way for WWE to jump off? jump on, you know, getting social media hits, you know, whatever that is. Um, what do you think? Well, I mean, him and his brother both seem to be into the combat sports, you know, pretty full on. I don't think it's just a gimmick for them, you know. Um, so he seems to be taking it serious, at least to start. And he looked pretty decent at WrestleMania in the tag team match, you know, and that was a kind of a quick uh, turnaround match for him. So with some real training, who's to say he can't succeed, but, I don't think he's ever going to be a face. Uh, I can say that much, you know. So, um, so it'd be interesting to see how they present him and package him. Does he face the Miz? I mean, is that where this is going? Has to be right. I, I mean, that's got to be the, that's got to be the start. Absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah. they were the tag team at WrestleMania, and then they were Miz said they were going to be the tag team again, and they're not going to do it. So, I, but again, who becomes the heel and the face in that? Because right now, I think the Miz was tweening. But Logan Paul can't be a face. Nobody's going to – I mean, how's that going to happen? <laughs> I mean, if I'm not – but Miz turned on him, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, they're going to they're gonna have him be face starting off. But is he going to get a pop? This is, huh? Is he going to get a pop like a face, or is he? Is everybody just going to boo that match out of the building? I think everybody's just going to boo. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Logan Paul is a natural heel. Right. <laughs> love to hate him. Like, it's – Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting, yeah. I mean, I think that's the way he was presented at WrestleMania, but he didn't do badly at WrestleMania. I just wasn't – I don't know. It's, I don't think it was built up the same way as, like, Bad Bunny was. I wasn't really too excited about that, but that ended up being a pretty good performance uh, at last year's WrestleMania. But I don't know about this Logan Paul thing. Can he, can he pull it off? Can he be an actual contracted guy, or did the WWE do that just to pr- protect the investment? I don't know. I agree with CM Funk. I think that, you know, him and his brother are very athletic. They're very into the combat sports. I think he will take it seriously. I think that this is a better signing and a better chance of success than when they signed Gronk. Gotcha. And I think that Logan Paul has a personality. He's a talker. He's kind of like Pat McAfee. He has, like, the number one podcast, you know. So he he has what it takes to cut promos, and then he has athleticism to eventually start to put on some good matches. So Yeah. It, it's just going to take some time. And you mentioned Pat McAfee. He's got a match at WrestleMania against – what was it, Bomb-Ass Corbin? Is that what it is? Bum, 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 bum. Bum-Ass Corbin. Okay. That's an, another name. But Did you um, guys Did you guys know that they were um, roommates when they first both came into the league in the NFL? Who? It all, uh, Corbin and uh, Pat McAfee. They were actually roommates on the Colts. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't well, at least they got a friendship. That means they're going to have some chemistry. Yeah, I think I, I'm sure that's why they put them together, you know, because they have a history, if you will. So that makes sense. See, uh, uh, J- Jason, Justin Tucker, what do you think about Logan Paul? You like it? You don't like it? What do you think is going to happen? 
I think we'll take it seriously, but um, I really don't know much about him except hearing the headlines. He fought in UFC. He fought here. He fought there. Mm-hmm. And just seeing the um, actual pay-per-view with him and Miz. So that's all I know. Gotcha. How about Pat McAfee coming back into the ring for the third or fourth time? I mean, he, he wrestled at WrestleMania. He's wrestled in NXT a couple times. Uh, do you like seeing him in the ring? He's entertaining in the ring and on the mic. <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, Pat McAfee, uh, does big ugly. What do you think about Pat McAfee? Is he doing anything for you? Oh, yeah. I like – yeah, Pat's great. And I, I feel like when he actually gets in for the matches, they're actually entertaining. So they're good. So, He's working uh, hard on it. Yeah, yeah. CM Funk, how about you? Pat yeah, McAfee no, fan? I, I, Pat McAfee is probably top three most entertaining people in the WWE. Yeah, world, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, so who are the other two? I, that's a good question. <laughs> Pat McAfee is the top guy. <laughs> who, who are the, if Pat McAfee is number three, who are the two top guys? Well, I didn't say he was number three. I just said he was top three. So top three, be, okay. Uh, <laughs> who, so who are the other two then? Well, you know, you'd have to give me some more time to think about that. At In the no numerical order. <laughs> I would say, I would say is, listen, it's McAfee, Riddle, and Reigns. Riddle, okay. Riddle's definitely taking a step up in the right direction, even without Randy Orton right there right now, which is good. And Reigns, when he's there, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. How about, uh, how about uh, Elias' younger brother? Is he Elrod? Oh, I thought you were talking about Elrod. It's, huh. uh, that's, a, it's, that's been a fun story. I've enjoyed that. And you know who's really selling the hell out of that? Kevin Owens. Yeah. If it wasn't for him, I don't know if that storyline would be doing what it's doing. It, it, it doesn't. Did you see, I mean, on Raw this past week, um, Ezekiel's in a match against Rollins, and they hardly brought up the Ezekiel storyline of having, you know, or the, uh, uh, you know, having Elias as his older brother. Like, that wasn't even mentioned during the match, hardly. Like, you know, it was like it was completely forgotten about. So it's like, I, I want KO back just to enjoy that story again. So, Oh, man. Yeah, KO is great. Uh, and I, I think, you know, the Ezekiel Elias, this whole thing. Uh, I loved the the whole crossover that they did a couple weeks ago. Jason Justin Tucker, did you see that when Elias and Ezekiel were on the same show? Yes, I did. That was pretty funny, wasn't it? Yes. That was, uh, that was good. That was entertaining. Uh, even with the fake split screen, but I uh, yeah, that's fine. Enjoyed even it. even with the fake beard, I'm all right with it. Um, but yeah, no, that, so those are good. I, I got your top three, so that makes sense. So we'll come back to you, CM Funk, if you got a top three that's in there. <laughs> what, what do you think the top three people in the WWE, the most entertaining people right now, are Jason, Justin, Tucker? What do you think? Most entertaining. Yeah, that's a that's a hard one. Um, I would guess I'd have to choose Riddle as probably number two. Okay. I go with Reigns, like mm-hmm. most people would say when he's there. And then I'd probably just go ahead with Pat McAfee. There you go. See, it's a it's a strange day here in the WWE when these are the top three. But, uh, you know, and Brock's up there too. But Brock's not around long enough to uh, do it, you know. But I, I really wanted to so, – somehow I just wanted Brock Lesnar to come in and win the money in the bank and be uh, the monster in the, or the Brock in the bank again and have a Brock party. I mean, that was probably one of the most entertaining things I've seen done with that briefcase. Um what do we all think about Cody Rhodes? Obviously, he's injured for a while. Um, and we kind of talked about this a little bit uh, last time. But does he does he shoot for the Rumble to come back? And does he actually, you know, want to be in WrestleMania? You know, is, is Cody Rhodes going to be forgotten about? Because they're doing a couple of 
you know, video promos with him of rehabbing at home and things like that. So trying not to forget him. But um, is that is that Cody's journey right now, guys? Back to Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. It feels like the easiest road to no no pun intended there, but um, road to <laughs> yeah, it seems like the easiest road for for it to go, and it makes the most sense. And it's, I mean, WWE doesn't even have to like think about it; they've done it a million times in the past. You know, it should be. Well, just having be a surprise entrant in a rumble is that what you say? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a surprise entrant. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, I I mean, yeah, it could be, and then win the rumble, right? Yeah, I mean, if if I mean to me, and I don't mean to talk above anybody or in front of anyone here, but if if you're not going to get Rock to face Roman at WrestleMania in Los Angeles, then your next best thing is who's your biggest star outside of Roman Reigns and probably Cody Rhodes. You know, I mean, so go ahead and throw him as the surprise entrant in the Rumble, get the big pop, have him win it, and go on and take Roman Reigns at at Mania. So. Could Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes be built up for WrestleMania? Is that kind of like David versus Goliath still at this point? I mean, it will will Cody Rhodes have enough traction underneath of him to have that kind of build? Obviously, he came into a big pop. He jumped from the other company. That's great. But do, does he have the stature, or is it? Or they do do they build it as a David versus Goliath? How could Cody Rhodes ever win? Like, what do you think, Big Ugly? Yeah, I don't think they can build it as, like, how could Cody Rhodes ever win? Because I feel like his character is supposed to be on that. that Already like, on that ring. level? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, I, I feel like they could pull a Kofi Kingston kind of thing where he ends up having to wrestle a lot of the top guys on his way to WrestleMania to Reigns. Okay. To kind of catch him up for this absence that he has where he's not taking out anybody. Fair enough. What do you think, Jason, Justin Tucker? Can Cody Rhodes cut it in the main event of WrestleMania? I think he could. Would it be a good – I mean, I think it would be a good match. I mean, it just – I will the build live up? Will, will it live up to the hype, do you think? I just can't see where they'll put him. I don't know if he's – like you say, the small guy taking on the big guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and – I don't know if he can go in as a face against Reigns. I mean, hmm. Just, I mean, no one, I mean, maybe have, who's the worst heel? The worst heel at this point in time in WWE yes. other than Roman. Hmm. Yes. Let's see. Because yeah, Cody I, can can break the rules and sure, do what sure. he wants. Because, uh, yeah, it would be hard to beat Roman clean. <laughs> he's got he's he's got the evolution background. He's got mm-hmm. um he's got him and um million dollar man's son background where they cheated a lot. So oh yeah, so yeah, I remember I, that. I don't think you can turn Cody heel only because you need a real face to beat Roman at this point. Like you oh. need a true face to, okay. to go over on Roman Reigns. I think this injury, not to keep on the Cody Rhodes thing, but I think They're this fun. injury could be a blessing in disguise because we're not being force-fed on a weekly basis, Cody, right. to lose that, you know, aura that he came in with at WrestleMania this and past not, year. not fizzle out. Right. This allows it to, you know, him to be gone, to build back up, so when he does come back, he gets a huge pop. And I think you just straight shoot him. As a, and and I, I don't see why you can't build Cody and Roman as a main event at Mania. You can go back to family versus family. I mean, they got wrestling family blood, you know, with 
True. Roads and the, uh, you know, Samoans and stuff. So, true. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you could go about it. And I think it would, I think it would sell itself and it would work on its own. But this, and this is all assuming that we don't get the rock, which if they don't do that now, I mean, especially with WrestleMania being in Los Angeles, I mean, come on. I mean, it just seems like the right and, you know, put him in the hall of fame, which he absolutely needs to go in the hall of fame. It kind of writes itself, but you know, could, could Cody hold out another year for that? I don't know. Um, but it's all interesting to get to that point. But Cody's hurt right now, and we got to just, I guess, deal with what we've got, which is a lot of Drew McIntyre and Sheamus and a lot of the same people that we've seen doing the same stuff over and over again. Um, except Liv Morgan, that's new. And you know what? To speak on this getting a rock, right? Rock. Uh, this Vince McMahon issue, mm-hmm. if it persists, is probably going to ruin the chances of that happening. because. Uh-oh. You know, public relations wise, rocks people is going to be like, you don't want to be associated with the company of the man. You, you get what I'm saying? So mm. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah that, that, you're, you're absolutely right. That could play a factor. Yeah. Or like you see him, see him funk, like you said earlier, if this kind of just blows by him and, you know, it, it gets put in the dust in the wind, maybe maybe we'll figure out. But that, that's a good point. Uh, big, ugly. God, yeah, Rock's not going to be involved in any negative publicity at this point. No. Um, not, you know, if he can avoid it. Of course. Well, yeah, not with everything he got going on. Like, he does not need that. Right. Shoot. I'll tell you, because the XFL is coming again next year. <laughs> XFL, baby. How about that? Um, all right. So let's, uh, you know, while, while we're going to take it home on our part of the segment and we're going to talk to the Dark Horses, Big Ugly, I got to talk to you about that uh, offline, as a matter of fact, because um, the Dark Horses will explode. It's just a matter of time. Uh, let's go around the room and uh, let's let's play a little game of we play the Hall of Fame game a lot. Um, and we played the top three game a little bit earlier. But um, and we played the Mount Rushmore game. Before. I kind of want to see if the Mount Rushmore has changed. Like the top four wrestlers, professional wrestlers, uh, athletes of all time. You know, since the last time we talked, does anybody have any anybody else who would put on the top four? So you just thought about the top three in the WWE now. What about the top four professional wrestlers of all time, in your opinion? Uh, and we're going to start with – I'm going to start with Big Ugly, actually, this time. We'll go around the room. Um, uh, yeah, we'll talk about attitude error. We're talking about now. We're talking about any time. And we'll right. see if the answers have changed. So I'm going to have to say Rock. I mean, okay. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Rock was still on my mind. No, no. It's Austin, <laughs> Austin Hogan Flair. And part of me wants to say Bret Hart. And, and let me tell you why I'm saying Bret Hart, right? Because I don't okay. – he's not a popular pick, but I feel like Bret Hart – was the start of the smaller guys being accepted as major, like, wrestling champions. Fair enough. And, and that's nothing wrong with Bret Hart. I mean, he's definitely – he did his thing as a tag team competitor for a long time, and then he actually made it as a singles competitor. That doesn't happen a lot. Um, but I, I do like the Bret Hart, and that's, that's real good. Um, and but I feel like with the Mount Rushmore, we, we got to combine popularity and – but also like influence and impact on the sure. business. Sure. Right. Yeah. And that, that's true. And I love the Bret Hart answer. Um, and it was interesting. I was watching one of the uh, AEW, AEW, A&E biographies <laughs> not too long ago. It was either that or the dark side of the ring. I can't remember which one. But um, they were talking about when the steroid guys, you know, started going on trial and all the big guys were – you know, being looked at for steroids and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of when the era of the smaller man came in and Bret Hart was leading that charge. 
Um, cause he wasn't a big, you know, Royd guy, as far as we know him and Shawn Michaels and that, you know, that kind of era. Um, but it's, it's kind of interesting. You put that in there into that perspective, oh, by the way, AEW is doing more biographies coming up this month, including the undertaker, which is one of our favorites. Um, that's great. How about you CM Funk? Let's, let's go with you. Mount Rushmore top four. Oh, man. So I'm going to join a uh, big ugly on the Austin flair and Hogan, um, which I feel like is like maybe the easy three sure. of the Mount Rushmore. Um, like, I feel like everybody's carving them on there. Like I've, I've got three other people in mind for that fourth spot on there. And I'm, I'm actually sitting here having trouble deciding and I know I need to pick one. So, um, we could have a triple threat match. Yeah. yeah maybe that's what we should do. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, uh, select the guy you just talked about having a biography and uh, go with the undertaker. Okay. So probably, probably more heart than uh, any other reason for that, but you know, so no yeah. problem. No problem. And, uh, it, I, I like all these picks and Jason, Justin Tucker. How about we go with you? Give me your, give me your top four there. All right, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to agree with, I'm going to agree and say Bret Hart should be up there. Okay. Because he's been my favorite for a long time. Um, I'd say Hogan. I'd probably, I'd put Sting up there too. Oh, Sting. Okay. Okay. Um, and then maybe going more. Towards newer people, I'd probably go with um, probably go with Rock. Okay, fair enough. Impact on the business. Got a couple different uh, theories in there. I'm going to throw in a couple of names that are going to probably, uh, you know, shake the foundation just a little bit. But um, got I got to put them up on there. And they're probably if I, if I said top five or top ten, they'd be in there. Uh, Jericho um, has got to be in there. Just his longevity and influence on the business. I got to put my Ultimate Warrior in there. Uh, you know, there's just, it's, yeah, so much controversy ranged around him, but I, I really, you know, enjoyed him on my route, Mount Rushmore anyway, Hulk Hogan, um, definitely in there, uh, as far as impact. And then I got to go with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, you know, so those two, you know, I, I, nothing against Flair, nothing against Sting, nothing against Brett, nothing against these guys. So they don't beat me up when they see me. If they see me, I don't, I don't okay. think they'll see me. Jer- but, you know. Jericho is probably the only wild card I wasn't expecting out of there. Okay. Uh, Jericho is just I, I mean even at what talking about this blood and guts thing that we talked about earlier he's what 51 years old at this point in time and yep. he's in there yeah. fighting uh <laughs> you know hardcore matches with thumbtacks and, and glass and freaking climbing on top of 28 foot cages and uh, you know letting Claudio Castanoli swing him and almost kill him I mean you know <laughs> I think it's weird from the four of us that Hulk Hogan was the only constant for all four of us like with everything that hogan has been through over the last 10 15 years or whatever and stuff and like brother you know it's good to see people take that out of the equation and just look at him as far as a sports entertainer and all it's just bro it's like it's like saying it's like saying oh who's the greatest entertainer and like taking michael jackson out of conversation (laughs) because of you can't do it like you just can't (laughs) can can you take r kelly out of the conversation or is it too soon Sorry. He wasn't in the conversation. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. He was in a conversation, just not that conversation. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's well, some, something else that happened since the last podcast. But anyway, I digress. I'm surprised that no one here and all, I mean, I know I wasn't going to, but he was actually one of the three that I couldn't decide between. John Kelly? Cena. No, John Cena. Like, John Cena didn't get brought up in this conversation either. So, like, 
I think that that's why I like to bring this up once a year here, I guess, on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We're in our sixth year. I think this answer has changed Yo, over time. I, so the reason I feel like I don't bring up Cena is the same reason I don't bring up Rock. Like, I feel like Cena's impact, like Rock and Cena's impact on a business was about not even as much as Austin's to me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I see that. Yeah. So that's why Cena and Rock to me don't belong on there. You think <laughs> I, if there is like a, a tiered level, probably Austin, Hogan, Flair up here, but right underneath that, there's a level that they just couldn't get up to. Yeah. And Cena yeah. and Rock probably are right there because they were main eventers. They did their thing. They sold their tickets. They st- but they just didn't reach yeah. this. Yeah, that's. I, I think that's where I like on my fourth. That's why I had trouble because my three that I was trying to decide between were Taker, Cena, and Rock. And yeah. I feel like Taker falls into that category too of not quite being that that Austin Hogan Flair level and all, despite everything the Undertaker did in his right. career and and everything. Because he was never the guy. No, no, he was always a WWE guy, but not yeah. the guy. Yeah, right. I gotcha. See, I love this question. See, next year, next summer, when we have episode 107. No, we're going to do that long before. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We'll bring this up again because I I love the the changing of the answers because it it could, you know, modify over time. I like it. Um, And as we get counted down on this segment, uh, don't don't forget the dark horses are coming up and they will explode. They have exploded. We're going to find out why. and it's fantastic. But as we as we count down here, we've got SummerSlam coming up at the end of the summer. Uh, actually, in the middle of the summer. I'm sorry. Usually, that's at the end of the summer, but that's on July 30th. At the end of the summer is AEW All In, All Out, All Elite something. Um, but we'll we'll uh, definitely you know connect and talk about that. Uh, I'm looking at the rumor roundup, and I, I'm seeing Tyson Fury's name. Didn't he get in some legal trouble? Or was that yeah. somebody else I'm thinking of? I, don't know. I think you're thinking Cain Velasquez. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Cain Velasquez got in some uh, trouble. Yeah, oh, I think he's still in prison, right? <laughs> uh, he, he, well, he's on trial for attempted murder. I don't know yeah. what, where he's being held, but yeah. Yeah, because I think they denied his bail. So. Yeah. All right, well, they held Man, himself. I, I, yeah, yeah, I just saw his name. And here's another name I want to bring up, and I'm not quite sure if – this is a name out of the past, but I don't know. I just saw it earlier. King no, Kong. Giant, Gon- Giant Gonzalez does not go into the Hall of Fame. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Um, no, I, I just uh, – King Kong Bundy. Is he in the WWE Hall of Fame? I don't think so. Anybody? That's a good question. I'm actually looking at the WWE so. website. It's not calling him a Hall of Famer on the website. So I mean, Kong he passed Bundy. away in 2019. Right. Which was not long ago. Does uh, he belongs in the Hall of Fame, right? King King Kong Bundy. That so. uh, Jason Justin Tucker. Okay, you, he'd, you, be, he'd, he'd be in my Hall of Fame, but okay. Because, WWE's Hall of Fame. I mean, just yours. Just mine. Big ugly. I think he was probably the first live event. Really. Um, hold on. What did you just say? I was trying to look up why he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I just, or if he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, King he, Kong Bundy. He's yeah. not. Okay. No. But it should, would you think he should be? Big Ugly, you know King Kong Bundy. He wasn't in the Attitude Era, but I mean. Yeah, no, but I feel like he was a popular wrestler during that, like, Hogan era and all the big guy era, right? So, I mean. I yeah, he, I mean, he was one yeah. of those guys that, that, that Hogan took on, and I think, you know, between him and uh, his – 
personality, him and the midgets, him and Hogan, him and Hogan, all that kind of so, stuff. I mean, he main evented WrestleMania too with Hogan in the, he in, did. the big, in the big blue cage. So, I mean, that, that's a childhood I, memory for me. That's, I would think he yeah. should go in the Hall of Fame. I would yeah. like him. King Kong be. Bundy is a recognizable, a super yeah. recognizable name from that yeah. era, without a doubt. Like he should. Yeah. Be. I agree with that. What about um? Here's one that came out of nowhere: Tommy Dreamer. Do we all know who I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Does he belong in the WWE Hall of Fame? I'm going to have to say yes. Yes. <laughs> Reluctantly. I'm going to have to say yes because if I'm not mistaken, like, they, you know, WWE owns WCW and ECW, right? Right. And, I mean, based off of Dreamer's contribution to ECW and what he was, I feel like he would deserve a spot. He okay. didn't do much in WCW, I don't know, WWF, but – right. Like a couple yeah. hardcore matches and made a made a mess of himself, um, you know things like that. CM Funk, I, I think you're ready to say something there. Yeah, I was. Say, I mean, if you're gonna, at some point, the ECW crew is gonna have the ones that are truly ECW, not like the Dudleys or the RRVD, who really, who made a name in ECW but really became WWE superstars over time. Like you know, when you start to talk about the actual ECW guys, I mean, there's only two names really that belong in the Hall of Fame, and uh, that's that's Heyman and Dreamer. So. In, in my opinion. Heyman, okay. What about guys like Raven, Sandman, uh, Sabu? No, on all accounts? Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I, would take Raven, I would take Raven, and the only reason I say Raven is because I feel like Raven had a pretty decent amount of success in ECW and WCW. Yeah, and even in WWE in times. I mean, not like main event status. Yeah, like but. he – he to me is like a, a memorable mid card. Like he is like you know what I'm saying. Ravens yeah. lock and everything. I I used to love that stuff. Like yeah, yeah. fair enough. All right, yeah, I get okay. it. I get J- it. Jason I'm Justin solely. Tucker, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely put Raven in number one because I really enjoy all his entrances and all his matches. Mm-hmm. And his so- and and most of his songs were really good too. Yeah, his entrance themes. Yeah, he, he, he committed to his character. There's no, no question yeah. about that. Yeah. So. Whatever character, if you all remember, way back in the day, way back in the day, if you look up the name Scotty Flamingo, that was uh, who Raven was in the WWE first. He was uh, uh, some kind of Scotty Flamingo and what was it, Johnny what, Polo? Johnny or Polo, yeah. That, he was a manager. Yeah, manager, uh, crazy kind of stuff. And he, he was wearing – he looked like kind of like Happy Corbin looks now, honestly. It was that kind of get-up. Which I didn't mind because he was a manager, but if he was a wrestler, I don't I don't work with that clothing. I can't help it. It doesn't work for me. But you no, know, this is great, guys. I, I appreciate, you know, we're getting around, we're talking about wrestling, and we'll be back, I'm sure, before the end of the summer. Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. This is good stuff. And I'm 106. But you know, our part might be over, but uh coming up on this podcast, EWA Pro Wrestling and lots of other independent professional wrestling, the Dark Horses, Grizzly O, Tomahawk. Uh we talked about it uh, last time. Tomahawk won the EWA Heavyweight Championship, and then he just turned on his partner, Grizzlyo, of 10 years. His partner, his brother, Dark Horses Explode. We're going to talk about that. It's going to be great. And Big Ugly, like I said, I got to talk to you offline about that because things are happening in that world. Um, but we'll talk about that. But, gentlemen, uh, we'll go around the table. Final words for Episode 106. Jason, Justin, Tucker, anything we should be looking out for? Any names? Anything we're looking out for in the next month or two? Nothing so far. Just watching WWE? Yes. Not so much AEW. I understand. 
And how about you, CM Funk? What are we What are we on the lookout for here? Uh, go back and watch Will Ospreay against Orange Cassidy at Forbidden Door. Hell yeah! Stole the show. That we'll was and that was the least built up story. <laughs> I mean, but it was a wonderful match. Um, it was great, a great show. Big Ugly, what are we looking forward to as far as SummerSlam is concerned or AEW? What's uh, What are we going to be talking about next time? Listen, we're looking forward to WWE getting some talented writers, okay? Because <laughs> AEW is just wiping the floor with them right now. But, Amen. So uh, that's it. Do yeah. you think, and before we log off here, do you think Stephanie at the helm and Triple H back nope. in NXT? Uh, okay, you knew where I was going with <laughs> hold that. On, uh, hold on, you said Triple H back at NXT? Triple H is back running NXT All right, right now. That's, that's going to be fine. Okay. But Stephanie at the helm? Nope. Not going to Doesn't make it. Said they, they needed to go, go the other way around. They <laughs> Triple H should have been at the helm up top and put Stephanie at NXT, especially because NXT has already gone downhill with this 2.0. It's, so. Yeah, I mean, they got some decent matches and things like that happening down there. But honestly, there's some weird stuff happening on NXT right now. Um, uh, and I'll throw out one more name. Max Dupree. Anybody seen any of this? Maximum male models. Did you see that intro that he had? Let no. You know I'm upset, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on now. I don't even remember what that name he had. Is uh, what was his name? Eli Drake. No, it was uh, L A Knight. L A Knight. L A Knight, which was good. Max good. Dupree. Especially with you got WrestleMania coming into L A next year. I don't know what the hell's going on, but anyway. We got plenty to talk about. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all that stuff. And uh, DirtyUglyWrestling at gmail.com. It's still there. MySpace is still there. It's all there. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. And don't go anywhere because the Dark Horses will explode right here on episode 106. And uh, before they explode, don't go anywhere. But we're going to say our three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces. Dark Horses. Deuces. No more.